Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hello, hello, hello. It's Holly Rustic here with the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast. Thank you so much for stopping by today. All right, guys, so I have a special treat for y'all today, and this is about federal grant research. Yes, you've heard it here. I have had a lot of you guys asking me about how do I find federal grants? Well, I have on the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast show for you today, Jason Atkins. He is a specialist in actually finding federal grants. And a couple of things he has special for you today as a listener is the ultimate guide to finding federal grants. So he has a full list of a post and he has for free the link library, websites for finding federal grants. So he's actually going to give you a bunch of links for the best websites to find federal grants. So for all of that information, go ahead and jump over to our show notes at grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 163. Once again, grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 163. So we definitely have um, that guide. We have the show notes from today, of course, um, and some links to some uh, episodes and different links that we talk about in the show, as well as a link to the Ultimate Guide to Finding Federal Grants, uh, which is a full article, and the link library where you can sign up and you can get access to different websites for finding federal grants. And you are definitely going to want that because What we talk about today, Jason's going to break down five steps for you to find federal grants. And then those notes will all have the website links in them. So you can go ahead and jump over and, you know, even cruise around while you're listening to the podcast to get a better understanding of where to find federal grants. Um, Definitely, he breaks this down in a very doable way. And it's really, really awesome because you're just going to learn some simple steps on how to actually look for federal grants. And you're going to learn a little bit more behind the scenes about federal grants. So we also discuss how to write federal grants. You know, is writing a federal grant different than writing a foundation grant? What are things to keep in mind when you're writing those federal grants? And then, of course, what are things to keep in mind when you're searching for federal grants? And why would those benefit your nonprofit organization? So Jason is just, he's awesome. He has won millions of dollars um, in grants for nonprofit organizations. He loves to structure his time around finding federal grants and really focusing on federal grants for clients that really have a good fit to apply for those federal grants. So we're going to break that down. Um, But once again, if you want to grab all of the links, go ahead and just jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 163, where I have all of the links for you. All right, so let's go ahead and bring on Jason to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast. Let's go. Hello, hello, hello. This is Holly Rustic with Grant Writing and Funding, and I'm here to help you grow capacity, increase funding, and to advance mission. Now, that might be the the mission of the nonprofit that you work at, or the many missions of the nonprofits you work with if you're a freelance grant writer or a nonprofit consultant. And on the show today, I have Mr. Jason Atkins. Hi, Jason, how you doing? 
Hey, Holly, I'm doing great. I'm a huge fan of your podcast. Thank you so much for having me today. <laughs> That's so exciting. I love it when I have people on the show that are like longtime listeners of the podcast. It makes it so much more fun. So yeah, so thank you so much. So Absolutely. we have, yeah, so we have a great show today. And Jason here, he is uh, he is CEO of, well, the website is called funding-finders.com. And we're going to be really breaking down how to find federal grants today. So I'm so excited about this because I get so many questions. Jason, like I get so many emails about how do I find federal grants and even how do I write them, right? So there's this whole kind of notion about federal grants being like, you know, the big bear in the forest, like they're kind of scary. <laughs> a lot of people like, want to hide under their covers when they are like, I got to write a federal grant or I got to find one. Oh my gosh. So a lot of people ask me about this and I love it that you're going to be focusing on this today. Like that is fantastic. So thank you so much for bringing. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, it's born, it's born out of my own struggle with federal grants. I imagine some of your listeners have had this situation before. You get the dreaded email from someone you work with or a client you have, and they, they send you this grant they found, and it's this federal grant. It's perfect for their organization, for their program, and they say, it's due in two weeks. Yes. Did you know about it? <laughs> and you're like, oh, no, I didn't know about it. So that's really why the content I've created around finding federal grants is to help people not get that email. It's to oh, minimize chaos. Yeah, it's to impress your boss. It's to gain the support of your colleagues. So I hope this will be helpful. Oh, it absolutely will be. Yeah. And this is, I mean, it is great. And you're right. I've had that happen so many times. This grant's due in two weeks. Can we do it? And it's like, oh my gosh, is there a letter intent that needs to be sent in? Do you have your SAM like done? Do you know, are you registered, you know, in the systems administration for, wait, for management. Sorry, there we go. <laughs> That's the acronym. <laughs> I had to catch myself there for a minute. Um, but yeah, so it's like, really, there's so much that goes into it that sometimes I'm like, no, we can't do this. Like, that's not enough time. And even if it was enough time, we're going to be up all night, like for the next two weeks and all day, right? Like it's, it's a lot of work. So getting organized and getting ahead of the curve and knowing kind of how and when federal grants come out is really an art um, and a science. So we're really going to talk about that today. And before I get into that, I just want to announce Jason. So those of you who might uh, get to know him a little bit better, but Jason, since 2008, you've been, uh, you've raised over $120 million in grants and donations. In 2017, you earned the Grant Professional Certified Credential, which is fantastic. And you're also the past president of the Kentucky chapter of the Grant Professionals Association, a frequent trainer of grant writers and fundraisers, and the creator of Funding Finders, the website that I mentioned earlier, which is a website of resources for nonprofit professionals. So you know what you're talking about. <laughs> When it comes to finding federal grants. I think so. I, I've played, I've made plenty of mistakes along the way. So I've, I've uh, learned through failing, <laughs> failed forward. <laughs> yes, yes. No, but I love that because, you know, even what you're really looking at, you're, you're finding funders. Like that's the focus of your nonprofit is to really like, let's get you connected, right? Nonprofits out there and nonprofit consultants, let's connect you now with where you can find funding. So with all of this, I love over $120 million in grants. Like this is fantastic. So before you give us like the art and the science of finding federal grants. Can we just talk about you for a minute? Because I think this is so impressive, your, your background. Like what got you started into the nonprofit world and how did you get to that $120 million in grant funding? 
So it was right out of college. Mm -hmm. uh, I went to the University of Tennessee at Martin and I had a friend in the administration and he was looking for a grant writer. I was an English major in college and I'd won some grant, uh, some writing awards. And so we, he and I both thought that that would translate into being a good grant writer, having this English degree, being a good writer. And of course we learned in that first year that it's so much more than writing. Um, I had to learn so much about project man management skills, mm -hmm. about budgeting, uh, about working with others collaboratively on projects. Mm -hmm. So that first year, it was quite a bit of learning that happened. Um, I didn't get a lot of grants the first year, but I learned so much and it was good experience. I moved away for graduate school. And when I was in graduate school, I decided to work full time and started looking for grant writing positions. And I, I landed in one and the focus was exclusively on federal grants. Ah. And so um, I really had to learn on my own how to do this. I had a few mentors, but I had to research on my own and try some things out, get some comments back from reviewers, not get some grants and improve and kind of work from there. So, you know, $120 million in my stage of career is a big number, but I've had some really big opportunities that I've been fortunate to be involved in. So uh, some pretty large federal grants that have impacted a lot of kids in particular, because I work in education, a lot of Head Start and early Head Start funding that I've been privileged to work on. Um, so yeah, I, I love what I get to do. It helps a lot of people. Yeah. But some of my favorite grants actually are some of the smaller ones that aren't on the resume where you help a teacher get a $500 grant and mm -hmm. she changes the world for her students with that $500. So I love teaching other people about grants mm -hmm. for that reason. You feel like you're helping people that help others. So anytime I get to train grant writers or fundraisers, I just love to hear how they use some of the tips and tricks they learn from me to help others. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that too. It's like, uh, so were some of the Head Start grants, were those um, more larger like state grants that you helped pull in or? Yeah, one of my largest grants actually is um, for a, a really big city. So in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, that's a really large program. That's uh, a really significant grant. Um, it was about $50 million up front uh, to include, you know, some startup expenses and then the first few years of the grant as well. When I count my total, I only count competitive grants. Right. As some people do this differently. They might count the things that they get refunded automatically. But that total, the way I count it, it kind of motivates me to know yeah. that, you know, this, this is the number and I can, you know, push myself. I actually have a, a little... Um, flip chart in my office with the numbers. And anytime I get a grant, if it's $500, if it's $3 million, mm -hmm. I go and I flip the numbers and oh, it's not a big good. deal. Yeah, but you know, it's a way to celebrate because in this line of work, you're always on to the next grant. There's another deadline right around the corner. So yeah. it's a chance to celebrate. Oh, I love that. I love that idea so much because you're right. It's like, we often don't celebrate it's um you know it, it kind of goes back I was into journalism when I was in college and writing you know the newspaper editor all that and it was like oh my gosh we put so much work into a newspaper and then it would be published and then it's like you're already on to the next thing and you don't have those moments of celebration you just kind of have high level stress a lot of the time like with deadlines <laughs> kind of like a grant writer a lot of time right so yeah. it's it's having those like oh my gosh and a lot of time times too, especially with federal grants, you don't get the award or the contract. It's not like an immediate after. It's not like, okay, after, you know, now you can go relax and rest and take a little time off. It's like, no, you wait maybe six months to you get the award notice. 
So you're kind of like, oh yeah, that grant I wrote like a half a year ago, <laughs> right? So it's kind of a delayed kind of, now it's like, let's go celebrate. So yeah, there's not, that doesn't happen a lot. So that is a great idea having a flip chart. I love that so much. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. So you're talking about, so I know we're not going to spend a lot of time about how to write grants in here, but I do want us to just spend a minute on it because I think it's really impressive as far as what you're saying with, with not just the total amount secured, but with these different types of federal grants. Once again, I do get a lot of questions about how to write and how to find federal grants. So as a federal grant writer, primarily, do you find there's a huge difference in how to write federal grants versus foundation grants? And if so, like what are some strategies or what are some ways that you found for success in you know, just managing the layout of it, the rollout of how to write it? Yeah, so I'm more and more I'm using the same strategies for my foundation grants and my federal grants. Mm -hmm. And really, I learned this from being a grant reviewer mm. and kind of learning the psychology of being a grant reviewer and knowing what it's like. So I try to think of it. Um, I've borrowed this from some other folks. Tom Ahern and fundraising mentions it a lot. But the idea that our audience, um, they are lazy people in a hurry. Now, um, that comes from Seth Godin, but it's not an insult to our reviewers, but it's just it means to say that. Uh, they're very busy people. They have a lot of things going on. So you can picture your reviewer has 12 applications stacked up on her desk mm -hmm. and they're all very similar and they have a day job that they have to go back to. So yeah. they're really stressed. They're doing this as quick as they can. And so I really just try to think about who's reading my grant and how can I maximize the experience they have with my application. Mm -hmm. So that means that I strive for uh, a really easy to read grant. Mm -hmm. uh, I focus on readability. I'm really into readability statistics. I try to write at a between ninth and 12th grade level. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a big change for me. I went back and looked at the readability stats from my first grants and they were like doctoral dissertations or they were like <laughs> master thesis, you know, and they were way too complicated when someone has a short amount of time to read the proposal. So mm -hmm. I'm really trying to make them more interesting, uh, more readable. I, of course, you've got to have good data in your grants, but I like to have some emotional appeal, especially mm -hmm. in the needs section. Um, I like to build in visuals. I want it to be a good experience for the reviewer so they have some pleasant association with my grant. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I mean, that totally makes sense as far as, and, you know, being a reviewer, and that's something I always, I encourage and challenge a lot of my students and listeners out there to do is to become a federal grant reviewer. And I know that has helped me so much as well to become a better grant writer, because you know, I've been doing it for a number of years, and I love doing it. And what you said is exactly true. Like if I have 12 or 14 applications on my desk and I'm also writing a grant for a client or I'm doing all these other things on my business, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, and I only have 10 days to do that. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's, it's a lot, like it's a lot of work. And if it's complicated, if it's, there's no headers, right? <laughs> if it's all just woven together in a big narrative with no paragraphs or whatnot, it is really hard to read. And it's subjective. It's a subjective experience as objective as we are taught to be in re as a reviewer, we are still human and there's some subjectiveness to that. So if it's given someone a headache just because of the way it's laid out, they're probably not going to score it as high. And that's sad, but it's true. So yeah, it, that's our job though. We have to be aware of our audience. All good writing is yeah. audience aware. And so you have to know that the people reading your grant are busy, they're human, they make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And there's some positives with that uh, too, where they have some subjective parts to them that we can appeal to. 
So it's, it's really, I'm always tinkering, always trying new things, trying different visuals um, and just seeing how it affects the reviewer. I love that. So how long have you been a federal grant reviewer for? You know, I, I got pretty fortunate um, in 2009, I'd been writing grants for only a year, mm -hmm. but I got to do some more reviewing then. And actually it was because of the um, stimulus package, ARA, um, that was around. There were so many grant opportunities out there and every agency needed reviewers. And so I just kind of got, I was able to sneak onto a few panels and prove myself. Mm -hmm. uh, so I reviewed for the U.S. Department of Education, uh, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and then some state funders as well here in Kentucky. And I've done some foundations as well. So um, right. I would recommend as many different experiences you can have. It's really useful. You learn so much about what reviewers are going through and some of their decision-making methods. Nice. And, and like you said, if you've only been, you know, maybe you're writing grants for a year, but I always encourage people to say, look, other experiences, even your volunteer work that you've had in certain areas, right? You can leverage those experience. You don't have to be a grant writer even to be a grant reviewer. Um, so, but being a grant reviewer does help you be a better grant writer. So I love, I love that kind of note too, is to really appeal to the grant reviewers um, and really and when you're writing those federal grants. All right, so let's go ahead and get into the nitty gritty about how to find these federal grants then. Like someone's out there, they're listening to this, they're like, okay, my boss did send me that email. <laughs> two weeks ago and said, hey, we need to find a federal grant to write, right? So um, what recommendations do you have for, you know, grant writers out there that are like, oh my gosh, I want to write a federal grant, but I need to find one. Like, how can they start? Right. So I created a resource on my website. It's called the Ultimate Guide to Finding Federal Grants. And I'll give you all the details here. Folks can go look at that. But the biggest thing is to have a routine. You mm -hmm. need a proactive process for finding federal grants. And uh, for me, this means scheduled time in my day where I'm researching grant opportunities and I'm visiting some of the same websites every workday. And I emphasize every workday. Um, if you wait for info to come to you, especially through listservs, an email you get from a colleague, you're going to lose precious time. It could be days. It could be weeks. And by the time you get that opportunity and you've even read the call for proposals, the best of the best are already working on their grants. So you're already behind them. And so you really just have to create a process and a routine. And that's what I've tried to do with the ultimate guide. Nice. I, I love that. And we'll have that in the show notes as well. Um, so you guys can get a link right to that. And then it comes with a nice tool too, right? So we have the, it is called the, the link library, right? Is the, the tool, the resource that they get if they click on that as well, right? That's right. Yeah, that's available on the website um, on the ultimate guide to finding uh, federal grants. You'll find it there or on the res resources tab. You'll see it uh, featured there prominently. And the idea for that resource is that I've actually given you 15 websites with information on federal grants. And I've given you information like uh, what interest areas they align with, what information they have and how often they're updated. So if you're wanting to get into federal grants, you can scroll through that list. And I would encourage you to bookmark the sites that are important to you that align with your work. And then you'll just need to develop a routine where you're visiting these sites very often. <laughs> and that's how you gain the confidence of your colleagues, impress your boss when you're on top of deadlines and you bring them to your boss instead of your, your boss bringing them to you. Nice, yeah, I like that. And then being able to see like, so 
Grants.gov. All right, so let's just bring up Grants.gov real quick because Grants.gov is the, the hub of where you apply for, a, that's where all the federal grants are published ultimately um, at some point, <laughs> maybe not right away, right? <laughs> but at some point, and you can apply through Grants.gov um, on the workspace, right? So they have Grants.gov. So a lot of people go to Grants.gov and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. How do I even look at this? So I actually recommend a lot of times they go to the federal agency websites themselves because there's so much more information there. So when, do, are you a Grants.gov? Is that on your, in, in your time every day to look at too? Or? Yeah, I've got, I've got some tips on Grants.gov. So the first thing about Grants.gov is to subscribe to their opportunities email. So that this grant opportunity email, it comes out really early every morning. So is it like 4 a.m. that it comes? So uh, silence your phone if you don't want to hear a ding at 4 a.m. <laughs> from your phone. But it will show you every grant opportunity that's been posted the previous 24 hours. Mm -hmm. Now, I read through that and I, there are things on there that I will never apply for. And some of them are the funny types of programs you hear politicians making fun of, like research of bears in Alaska or something like that. You know, really different types of grants that you're not going to apply for. Mm -hmm. uh, but there are things you're going to find on there that you've never even considered before. Yeah. Uh, so I check that because I want to know what's come out in the last 24 hours. So that's one thing you definitely need to do is subscribe to that email and read it every day, even though it's, you know, dry reading, scan it quickly, look for things that might be of interest. The other thing I, I'd love to use the search tab on grants.gov. Uh, there are a few ways you can use it to get to what you need to right away. Mm -hmm. um, one thing on there to do is to use CFDA numbers. So that's the catalog of federal domestic assistance, CFDA. Mm -hmm. So you need to know what grant programs you're interested in and have their CFDA numbers down and you can search for those right away. So I do Head Start Grants. The CFDA number is 93.6, 93.600. So every day I search 93.600 and I look for what's different and what's new. Mm -hmm. Most days it's nothing, but when there is something new, it's awesome to know about it right away and not two weeks later or right. you know a month later. So the, yeah, that's I definitely recommend using the CFDA numbers. I also like agency filters. So there are certain agencies that I apply to often. I will go through and I will just select their agency and see what's new for their agency. Uh, and some of them have sub-agencies too. You, you might need to get to know those, especially US Department of Health and Human Services. They have thousands of grants they post. So you need to know which particular department is useful to you from that agency. Yeah. And for those of you who are listening who might not be familiar with grants.gov, it's basically go to grants.gov, <laughs> like online. It is the, the URL and you'll see all of the federal grants listed. And, and what Jason's talking about too, is there's on the sidebar, on the left sidebar, there's a category, um, there's different selections that you can make. So you can just click on which federal agencies, like you're saying, right? Department of Commerce, Department of Education, all of those who are the ones that make sense for your nonprofit. And that just helps filtering it out. The search button is also great, right, on that. So to to really kind of come up. And sometimes, you know, I use these as an example, like people sometimes think, oh, there's, there's thousands of grants for my specific program. But if you put in your terms sometimes, your search terms, there may be only a couple that actually apply to your program, right? If that. Yes, so. absolutely. It becomes much more manageable when you learn how to use those search filters. Yeah. Do you have any tips on that, on search filters? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is to do a little bit of research on the agencies you're interested in mm -hmm. uh, that might align with your work and learn some of their grant programs. So even if you go to their agency websites, a lot of them have a button that says grants. 
go mm -hmm. there and you, you typically they'll list their programs and get to know those. And from there, as you're searching grants.gov, go to those agencies, look for those program titles. I have CFDA numbers memorized. If you do this enough, you'll probably have them memorized too, where if there's a certain program you need to know about every day, you're entering 84.651 just to see what comes yep. up. So um, <laughs> it really is knowing up front what things are of interest to you. Okay, great. So, so one of the tips on how to find federal grants is definitely go to grants.gov and sign up to their email list so they will email you every day. Um, that helps it so you too, you don't have to go to grants.gov and try to filter through the thousands of grants that are there. You can see what's new um, once you've spent some time there. And then, so what else can people do to find federal grants? Well, federal agency websites are very helpful. Uh, definitely get familiar with agencies that are that most align with your work and your cause. Uh, many of them have their own grant forecast. And so you need to explore these websites. Again, Link Library would be a good one to check out that I've created because I'll send you right to the websites you need to go to. But U.S. Department of Education, for example, they have a grants forecast. Mm -hmm. And it's very detailed. It lists every grant program they intend to fund in the upcoming year. And it will often give information on their upcoming deadlines, the anticipated award amounts, the number of awards, the contact person for that grant program. So that's a site that I visit every day and I look for changes. Fortunately, that one actually at the bottom of the website, they have a date stamp that says last updated, you know, December 31st, 2020. Mm -hmm. And that's helpful because you'll know, oh, it's been updated. So I, I go straight to the timestamp and see if it looks different. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, you know, but some websites don't have the, the, the timestamp. So that's the challenge. Those, I, back in the day, I used to print off the forecast oh, and compare okay. it to last week's forecast to see if it looked <laughs> different. But if you do this enough, you actually, it'll look different when it's changed. You'll say, oh, you know, like the, the columns look a little different or there's more programs, fewer programs, there are more details. So that's why visiting every day, you really can see the changes and be on top of them right away. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And I love, I love going to agency websites for grant research, right? One of the things I really love, and um, I'm sure you do this as well, but maybe you can kind of talk about how you use it a little bit differently is um, I love seeing past awards or current awards. So if I'm looking for, say, a certain Department of Education grant, and then I say, well, who's currently awarded? How much do they get? And they have their abstracts usually published on the website. So I can see like their objective, their goal, how much they're getting, how many people they're serving or what they're doing. Um, and then also as previous ones. Um, and that helps me say, does our program fit and what they're actually funding, right? Do you utilize that in that way too, or in other ways? Absolutely. So it's wonderful to see even some of these old, some of these forecast pages will have last year's solicitation mm -hmm. on it. Um, and so you can go back and you can read it and you can have a general idea of what to expect for the next competition. Mm -hmm. Now, those solicitations, they do change yes. from year to year. So don't start writing your grant yet, but you can start doing some of the research and maybe start building some of your partnerships and thinking about what your proposal could look like. Uh, don't make the mistake of working ahead a year in advance, though, because there are too many variables. I've done that before where I worked so far ahead on a grant and it came out and it was very different and it was disappointing. So uh, but you can get familiar with the program and its past iterations. Mm -hmm. And you're exactly right about looking at who they funded in the past and take you know, a good hard look at yourself and say, do I belong among this list? Um, right. It's helpful for me. I've gone to some of these uh, pages before and I've seen that all the past awardees were universities mm -hmm. and I don't work for a university. 
So that gave me a hint that I'm probably not a good fit for this grant competition, but I have a great university partner. How about I reach out to them now and say, there's this program I'm sure you all have applied for before. We would love to be a partner. And that's led to some opportunities for some organizations I've worked for where we've gotten sub awards and federal grants that brought some resources to us to help us achieve our mission. Oh, that's such a great idea. Yeah. I mean, that just to partner with other people that are competitive, then that's such a good example, because a lot of times it is they'll, they'll say it's available to nonprofit 501c3s, blah, 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 higher education, but they're really only giving to higher education, right? So that is smart to say, we're probably not very competitive. However, let's partner with somebody else and then get a sub award under that. So that, that's a really brilliant way to look at it. Um, and, and to really know how to read what's going on with a federal agency, right? They have a priority to give up money for a certain, for a certain mission, right? So if it's not totally aligned, that's how you can look at it to say, well, maybe we're not that competitive or we're a perfect fit if we maybe we change some things a little bit, right? Um, or we partner with somebody on this as well. So that's great. So um, looking at what are some other ways then? So we have grants.gov, we have going to the federal funding agency websites. Um, so I'm gonna give you a secret, Holly, and not yeah. a lot of grant professionals know about this, mm -hmm. but it's the Federal Register Public Inspection site. Ooh. I know that's a big title, but if you go to the ultimate guide or you go to link library, you'll get the web address for this. So every federal agency, you know, they publish their, um, their grant guidelines or even rules for their agency. They publish it in the federal register, mm -hmm. which is like the US government's daily publication. Now, before they put it in the federal register, they actually file it to the public inspection desk. Mm. So this usually is two to three days before the public register, the federal register is published. Mm -hmm. Now, there are a couple of grant makers that actually will put an advanced copy of their grant application on the public inspection website. Now, the, the agency that does this the most is the U.S. Department of Education. Mm -hmm. So two days before they put it on their own website and before they put it on grants.gov, they put it on that public inspection site. And yeah. I'm getting I'm downloading the PDF of it. It's a little different than the final copy because it has a couple of blanks. Mm -hmm. Instead of having like the deadline, it'll say 60 days from date of publication. Right. So you had to do a little bit of the math and figure it out. But in those two days, I have, I've read the notice inviting applications. I have talked to people at my organization about the grant. I've sent a summary around and we've got a pretty good idea if we're gonna apply for it. And that's before some nonprofits even know it's out there. Wow. So that site, I would really get to know that, especially if you do Department of Education grants or if you do Head Start grants, sometimes there are rules published there. I go to that website every day, typically around nine in the morning, because at 845 is when they update and they put new things on the inspection desk. Nice. Great. So yeah, definitely check out the links for this podcast so you can get that that guide and also get the links that we're talking about today, right? This this is a great little gem. So I love this so much. So you can get ahead of the game with looking at that and seeing what's out there. And I've got a couple other advanced strategies. I bet you have some high achievers listening to this podcast. So we'll give them a couple other ideas to test out. Again, serve as a grant reviewer mm -hmm. if you've never done this before, because you can actually make some connections with federal program officers who will sometimes give you information. Now, they may not be allowed to do it or they may be allowed to say certain things, but they'll sometimes tell you things like, if they're expecting a grant uh, competition this next fiscal year. 
-hmm. some, some programs rotate in and out of offering. And if you have a contact where you can email them, call them and ask them, that's really helpful. You mm -hmm. also sometimes when you're a reviewer, you get added to their grant award system. Uh, so for like US Department of Education, there's G5. Seems like every department has their own little yeah. web management tool, but sometimes you find little things on there like schedules or calendars, little tips you can find there. So if you're a grant reviewer, look on those systems and click around and see what you can find out. Um, another thing you can do, and this will take a lot of diligence, but you can study appropriation bills. Mm -hmm. So you can look at you know the federal appropriations whenever they're finalized for a fiscal year. You can go through and you can look at the appropriation amounts you can compare them to last year's appropriations. And that'll give you some details on whether or not a grant program is going to be around, whether they're going to have more awards, fewer awards. But that's a really um, tedious process. So you have to love reading and research to do that. <laughs> well, that's why people can go to your website too, because you can break those things down for them. So definitely, yes, we'll have the link to uh, Jason's website in this uh, podcast episode. I actually wanted to talk to you about that. That was one of my questions I had was on appropriations because we are looking at federal grants, right? And federal grants come from the federal government. So looking at that, you know, as grant writers, we have to be aware of what's going on in the budget. Um, yeah, there's a little bit of a political uh, viewpoint that we need to have in there based on that um, because of where monies are coming from. So 2020, right? Wow, what a year. Um, there's been a lot of questions about how that's going to affect, you know, the budget for 2021, looking at our fiscal year 2020 budget, like, you know, looking into that and really paying attention to it. Can you give us some, just kind of some information on how that affects federal grants and grants in general for the United States? Yeah. So, you know, something about this current fiscal year is, the budget was passed so late in the year. You know, you, you saw headlines about a potential government shutdown. It seemed like every month there was some discussion about it. And that's because Congress failed to pass a budget within the timeline. So their budget is typically October 1st to September 30th. Yep. Uh, but it is very common for the appropriations bill not to get settled until much later in the year. And so they passed continuing resolutions to kind of keep the budget as it was last year. Mm -hmm. The good thing about that is it does sort of signal to you that some of the same grant competitions are going to be around for this fiscal year. So that's one thing, if you see a lot of continuing resolutions, it's probably pretty stable and you can expect a lot of the same grant competitions, but you had to just keep looking for the bills and see what changes. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of uncertainty right now with you know, a change in administration. And I don't have a good crystal ball on what's going to happen. I will say there was a lot of continuity for some grant making programs between the Obama administration and the Trump administration. Mm -hmm. And I don't know exactly why that is. I think it has a lot to do with how these um, departments are structured and how the, you know, the lifetime staffers that are not political appointees, they really keep the ship running, even when there's some, you know, challenging circumstances with politics going on. So there were a lot of programs from the Obama era that persisted and uh, kept going in the Trump administration. I sort of expect those to keep going in the Biden administration. So if something really survived several funding cycles and it survived a couple of presidencies, it might be here to stay. So I would, I would at least be looking for it, be re researching those opportunities because uh, they very likely will come again. Nice. That's great to know. Um, and then just as far as, and yeah, I kind of sat there because there was a huge, I know when, when Trump came into office um, because of some of the political views on climate change, there was, um, you know, a lot of fear that they would lose those funding 
cycles and those programs. And a lot of them stayed around, right? So even throughout the the rhetoric and, uh, and all of, you know, the political kind of games that were going on or the political climate, I should say, it the, the funding program stayed around, which was really great to see a lot of them. And I think that, like you said, that will continue, which is good news for grant, you know, for nonprofits out there and higher education and all of that that receive, they depend on a lot of their, their budgets from grant programs from the federal government. So um, looking at that then, looking at kind of you're saying, okay, we have a fiscal year cycle, the government fiscal cycle is usually, you know, like you said, October 1st to September 30. So a lot of new grants coming out in the beginning of, of that time, October, but you know, there's grant seasons, right? And there's certain types of grants that you might know, okay, this is normally released in the springtime. Right. So we need to kind of start looking at it or looking for it in about February or March. Right. Because we kind of historically we see this released this specific grant program each year at the same time or around the same time. Now, is that what is that what kind of what you also look for is to say, I know this comes out at this time of year, so I need to start looking for it. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you learn sort of the seasons of grant making and there are certain grant competitions that are around typically around the same time every year. The thing to look for is if it gets delayed, mm -hmm. you may expect some changes. Um, okay. So if I've been expecting something in the spring, but it doesn't come out to the summer, I really need to be looking for a few other things going on with that federal agency. Sometimes they're publishing some changes to their grant making rules. They're updating their competitive preference priorities or absolute priorities for certain grants. So that's where the public inspection desk can be really helpful to you as you see rule changes happening. It might signal to you that this grant you're really interested in might get delayed. Um, an example that I've been involved with, US Department of Education, we've applied for education innovation research grants for many years. Mm -hmm. And often they come out um, early spring or, or due before the summer. Uh, but this last year, it was delayed very significantly, and there were some tweaks that we had to, uh, to, to change our application. We were successful. We, we made the changes, and we actually got funded, and that was really exciting because that grant is so competitive. Um, it feels like playing the lottery, so um, mm -hmm. we got the news right before we closed for Christmas break, and it was just really awesome. Um, so yeah, it, it pays to follow um, these cycles and to look for changes. I love that. Yeah, because it is important, even if you think, oh, well, that one comes out every year. So, you know, we can just like, we'll look for it. Maybe not, you're not really aggressively looking for it, but it could be changed. And I like that that delay could be an indicator that there, there are a lot of changes in the, the FOA, right, on the funding opportunity announcement. So that's something really to look at. Even if you apply for this grant for different nonprofits every single year and you're really, you know, you know this grant inside and out, but be aware that there could be changes and it could be completely different. Um, and I think, you know, I love that you said, you know, check the federal agency website and check the program officer because, they're, normally I've seen the program officers at federal agencies are super responsive to emails or to phone calls. They really love to answer your questions. They, you know, and I think people underutilize them. Honestly, I think grant writers are kind yes. of like, oh, it's the abyss if I reach out. And really it is a person there and they will, you know, they're usually, you know, really good at getting back to you. So can you say, have you taken advantage of reaching out to program officers? 
Absolutely. They're very sympathetic. Now they will say only what they can say. So sometimes <laughs> you have to read between the lines. Uh, they may say something like, well, you know, the federal appropriations bill has not been settled for this fiscal year. So we're not certain there's going to be a competition. You might get kind of like the company line on some of these things. But for the most part, I find that they, uh, they think highly of their applicants. They respect the work that they do and they want to save you time. So yes. they're going to try to give you advice that is kind. So they might tell you, I don't expect competition. You shouldn't be working on it. You know, yeah. we're reorg, you know, we're we're reviewing our priorities. We, we're potentially going to make some changes to that competition. Uh, they're human beings and they're caring and they want to save you time and effort. So it's definitely worth making a phone call, sending an email. I, we've got a pretty high response rate on emails from program officers. Um, mm -hmm. I find them to be on top of it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's really nice. Um, and then so we kind of touched on grant season. Now to you, I know maybe in certain administrations like or in agencies, they have grant season, they have their own grant seasons. But overall with federal grants, do you kind of see a, a kind of a grant, grant season throughout the year? So since the federal uh, spending deadline is, October, is September 30th, mm -hmm. uh, we find that most grants kind of back up from that deadline. And so we find it's mostly spring and summer when things are very busy for us. Mm -hmm. uh, there are a few federal programs where they get permission to go past the spending deadline, but a lot of agencies are looking at September 30th and saying, we need to release our, you know, our awards by then. We need to announce by then. And it's been really common, my experience, for grants that we've gotten to get an award letter on October 1st that's dated September 30th, or even yeah. after October 1st that's dated September 30th. So yes, spring and summer tend to be very busy for us. And then, you know, if you're successful at getting the grants, then really fall and winter, you're doing a lot to help program staff to orient them, to get the program growing. You're, you're offering support to them and actually rolling out this grant. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah, I, it is. And like we talked about the grant reviewer process that takes time, right? So that's why it's like I see a lot closing out in July because they still need the time to go through the federal grant review and then the, the panel and that takes time and then, you know, and then they have to go through the contract and negotiation with the nonprofit. So, you know, sometimes they're not going to give you the full amount that you asked for. They might come back and say, we want to fund this, but will give you, you know, half of what you asked for or something, you know, so there, there is a time of negotiations as well um, that needs to happen. So, oh, yes, the negotiations can get intense. And yes. Sometimes they'll, they'll give you the amount of money you asked for, but they're going to ask you to do twice as much as you proposed. Yep, <laughs> so yep, serve more true. people with the same amount of money. <laughs> and you're like, sure, that sounds great. We'll do it. <laughs> they're like, hmm. <laughs> So definitely, yeah, there's a lot to go on, but this is really breaking it down in such, um, you know, a step-by-step -step format to follow. So I really appreciate this. I know the listeners out there, um, they're getting so much out of this. Um, and if they have any more questions, I'll also uh, share your information on LinkedIn on the show notes so they can contact you, but really how to find these federal grants and, you know, going to grants.gov, looking at federal agency websites. There was also the, um, the repository, right? The, the federal register inspection. Yeah, the does. register. Okay. So the register and <laughs> um, looking at becoming a grant reviewer. So these are all fantastic, great tips and just, you know, to show them. And then, so when they go to your website, they can get the ultimate guide to finding federal grants, which is a downloadable or a, a post, right? An article. 
That's right. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, we ran it in February uh, to help prepare people for grant season that's coming up. You had to be looking now for things that are going to be coming out even this spring and this summer. So hopefully you can, you know, learn those strategies, apply them to your work and inspire some confidence uh, from yeah. your boss and your coworkers. They'll know that you're on top of it when you're bringing them deadlines mm -hmm. instead of them bringing you the deadlines. And then, yeah, Link Library is a resource that goes along with that. Uh, I put a lot of time into it, just thinking about, you know, people that might be reading it and using it and, you know, websites that will be useful for them. So I hope that you'll get it and it'll help your work. Yes. So, yeah, so you guys don't spend all the time just Googling. He's got the websites for you on the Link Library. So definitely check that out. Um, and then just another thing real quick is the the notice too. So generally, how, how long are federal um, <clears throat> grant of opportunities available for before the deadline closes. So once they publish it saying, okay, this is the award, how long do people have to apply usually? You know, it's, it depends on the agency, but I have found that it's typically six to eight weeks that you had to prepare a grant. Mm -hmm. So that's something you need to know too, is you're finding federal grant opportunities as people are emailing them to you, is that you need every minute of those six to eight weeks for most of these federal grants. They're very intense. It's not just the writing, but it's all the program planning that goes into it the partnership development. If you had to get a letter of support from a certain number of partners, if you had to get your board to approve the application, all of that takes some project management skills. Mm -hmm. And so it takes every bit of the time that they give you, even if you've applied for it before, to put together a great application. So when you get that email that says, this is due in two weeks, you need to say, we, we don't have enough time to put together a good application, but mm -hmm. you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to set a calendar reminder from nine months from now. Yes. And we will start looking very carefully for that opportunity so that we know about it right away. That's great. That is such a great suggestion, right? And it's just, yeah, it's to be prepared so you actually can do it. But this is a great, great um, opportunity too for those listening as nonprofit consultants or your grant writer, right? If you're a grant writer at a nonprofit, like you said, to be on top of it and to really know instead of just like playing catch up, right? You're playing catch up when people are just throwing you federal grants and you're kind of like, oh my gosh, this, you can be really proactive now when doing this. So you talked about time management. So before we close out today, can you just kind of touch on that again? Like, do you schedule that in your planner? How else do you kind of manage your time if you're looking for federal grants, but you're also doing the grant writing, all of that, right? Yeah, it comes down to how important federal grants are for your work. So mm -hmm. if it's a primary part of your work, your agency, what you're trying to do, I would really encourage you to have a daily routine for finding federal grants. For me, that's 8.45 to 9 o'clock in the morning. I launch, you know, a dozen or so tabs and I'm clicking through them and looking for new information. Now, if federal grants aren't as important to you, maybe make that once a week and schedule it. Uh, you know, noon on Friday, you're going to look for new grant opportunities and do it and be consistent with it. Maybe even go ahead and put it on your calendar so you get that reminder and start building those habits. So that's really critical to have a consistent time when you're looking for opportunities. Mm -hmm. And then just in the natural flow, you know, of working on grants, I really love to use a proposal schedule where um, I will list out key dates for me in developing the proposal. Once it's out, um, I will put the deadline, the date that I hope to submit it, and then I'm backwards designing from there on key things that need to be done. If I have board approval, I have the date where I'm going to get board approval. If I need letters from partners, I have some dates on there where I'm going to actually send the letter template out and when I expect them to send it back. Mm -hmm. um, I set dates for when I'll have a rough draft ready and when I'll send it to some review folks 
um, in my organization. So you really just kind of backwards design. If you know that it needs to be submitted by November 15th, how do you accomplish that? And so you're setting deadlines for yourself on smaller tasks that lead up to the big goal. I love that. And I love that you're just like, no, it's like 15 minutes a day. Like, you know, maybe if you find some new funding opportunity announcements published, you might spend a little bit more time reading those, but just for the research itself, it doesn't have to consume an hour or so of your time and you go down the rabbit hole if you integrate it daily. Like if you only do it once a month, you're gonna be down the rabbit hole. It's gonna take you all right. It could take your whole day. But absolutely once a day and just having it a part of your routine, that's really smart. So yeah, that's that's a great, great tip. Um, also just okay, I'd lie, do I have one more? <laughs> This is such a good conversation. So I know it's going to be so helpful and useful. Um, is as a nonprofit consultant or grant writer, this is definitely something that can be done as a standalone um, service. So can you kind of speak to that too? I mean, this you can see how valuable this is and how there is a lot of art and science behind this. So it could be something that even if you don't do the grant writing, you might be able to charge a nonprofit just to do this. Do you find that in this profession um, a bit other people doing that or do you do that yourself for your um, services? So I think there's so much opportunity here. I hope there's an industrious listener that takes it up and runs with it. It really could be a career for someone. Mm -hmm. Uh, where you are searching for opportunities and sending out, you know, a digest email to folks. There are some listservs out there that offer grant opportunities, mm -hmm. but I have found that they are so far behind when the actual deadline, you know, when yeah. it's actually been released. So it's like, I've missed, you know, a week or two of work time on something. So there may be someone out there that could really do this and do the add value for their clients. I think one potential tool you could put together is a grant calendar for any client. Yes. Uh, this is something I've done. I freelanced in the past. I put together a grant calendar, looking ahead to the year and even putting projected dates of when things are going to be out. And from there, you know, you make sure everyone has that grant calendar at the organization, that it's on a shared drive, that it's printed and pinned to walls so people can look at the calendar and know it's coming. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, th I think there's definitely some opportunities there for folks. Um, it's something I've done even, I've taught some classes for a local organization called the Center for Nonprofit Excellence, mm -hmm. where I've created kind of quarterly grant writing calendars and people love it. It's kind of their favorite thing about the class is they get this calendar with opportunities and they know what to work for um, in the months ahead. Oh, that's fantastic. I love that. Thank you so much for adding that value. Um, this has been a great conversation, Jason. And just once again, um, do visit the show notes today because I'm going to give you the links to the ultimate guide to finding federal grants that Jason has put together along with your link library. So a lot of the different links that you're talking about today, where to go to find these federal grants. So you can definitely get that as well. And you can find um, his website on funding-finders.com. And Jason, you're also on LinkedIn. Is it just Jason Atkins on LinkedIn then? Where people yeah, look for Jason. Yeah, Jason Atkins, GPC. I'm very active. I love to connect with new people and learn from them and see what they're doing. So um, even if you've just listened to this, send me a request and I will probably accept it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jason, for being on the Grant Writing and Funding Show. Do you have any last words before we close out today? Oh, Holly, I had a great time. I hope to be back soon. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much and we will see you soon. Thank you so much for tuning into the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Jason. He is so awesome. So once again, jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 163 to 
get the link library and the ultimate guide to finding federal grants. I'll definitely have those links for you on that page. So once again, grantwritingwithfunding.com forward slash 163. And as always, if you love this episode, please do me a favor and leave a review on iTunes or on your podcast player. And you can always send me an email at holly at grantwritingwithfunding.com. All right, I'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye.